0: I'm not gonna say that every illumination film is the greatest thing ever made. They they are they have a certain they have yet to breach a certain quality ceiling, but they do well by virtue of spe- very specific, well-sketched, quirky characters, and th- which this did not have, with the exception of Jack Black, who says, I'm Jack Black, you try to stop me. Um, but then that's why you cast Jack Black. I mean, it's um <laughs> What's remarkable about him is that he has been a kid-friendly movie star for like 25 years without really having to come back or having to like pay on nostalgia of any kind. It's just the kids that loved him grew up and whatever, and then there was another kid audience waiting just for him. He's like the Teenage Mutant to Turtles of actors. <laughs> um, and anyway, I know you guys I, have I, talked about that. Correctly, is that I, I think one of the reasons the T T franchise keeps going and going is that. There are, the new iteration is always aimed for the young fans. There's very little, nostalgia is like a distant second priority.
1: I, I um, think Jack Black is one of the greatest, uh, you know, child performers ever. I've, yes. I've said that his episode of um, uh, the Nickelodeon show, fuck, my brain is already not working today. Uh, I'll, I'll pass and come back. Yo Gabba Gabba? Yes, Yo Gabba Gabba. His episode of that my son's watched, you know, a million times and it's like it's one of the greatest half hours of, of uh, children's programming ever done because of him. He's, he's on another yeah. level he can just kind of like totally fit onto kids wavelengths in a way that uh, not many other people can.
2: What's and the I, uh I movie? The uh, the- Air- Airborne. That shit was dope, man. He was.
1: In there. Oh, that's, that's Mike's special right there. Yep.
2: yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what
0: movie is this?
3: Airborne. One of my favorites.
0: Oh, That's why the orphans took the cyanide. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> uh, as you
3: just heard, uh, that is uh, the great Scott Mendelson joining us once again. Welcome back to this week's episode of Action for Everyone for this here April 9th, 2023. I am your host, Mike Scott, joined as always by Vice Victus. Vice, how are you today?
2: Oh, living in a dream, baby. Living, living the, the virtual video game in real life life. Or some such nonsense. We'll get into it in a
3: minute. <laughs> and Liam O'Donnell, Liam, how are you today?
1: I'm doing all right. I've uh, made it back to Los Angeles after a, a wonderful trip home to the East Coast to visit uh, parents and 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 cousins and uh, sisters. And uh, yeah, I'm just a happy. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy to be back home, but uh, enjoying uh, enjoying time with family was was well spent. And uh, the aforementioned Scott Mendelson from
3: the Rap and a variety of other things that you know him from, and just general all-around box office
0: guru. How you doing today, Scotty? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Uh, I always enjoy being here, but I try to pace it out because it's not my barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you actually are the one
3: that reached out to us on this on this week because uh, obviously. It's a little outside our purview. The big movie of the week is Super Mario Brothers. But what isn't outside our purview, I think, is video game movies in general. And you reached out to us because you wanted to talk about video game movies on the whole. Uh, Obviously, you know, the box office has just come out. Super Mario is blowing everything away. But what made you want to actually talk about video
0: game movies in general? It was an excuse to come on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and talk about this particular movie. Uh, I missed John Wick, so I figured this would be the next uh but no, it's 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 one of those franchises that you'd think, like comic book superhero movies, that you'd think would be at the forefront of action cinema. And by virtue of their four quadrant fantasy specific venue, they often are not. And you know, it's 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 there are some exceptions, obviously. Um, Oddly enough, one of the biggest exceptions, is a movie that, understandably, most people have probably never even heard of, called DOA Dead or Alive, which came out in (laughs) in 2008, 2009. It stars Jamie Presley and and a handful of other people who, forgive me, uh, I either forgot their names or I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. And it's not uh, Eric Roberts also opening concurrently with his own daughter's Nancy Drew movie back in summer of 2008 so uh the daughter won by the way uh (laughs) commercially and artistically
1: but debatable debatable on the artistically
0: that's fair (laughs) that's fair um the film is pure unadulterated cheesecake but but it's cheesecake in a way that will appeal to people that maybe aren't necessarily etro as well in the way that we now have to sort of readjust how we talk about these kind of movies. It's like, oh, that's so sexist. And, you know, the lesbians are like, no, no, I liked it. So stop <laughs> complaining. It's like, okay, fine. Um, it also has some terrific fisticuffs that, to me, are some of the closest approximations to melding beat-em-up video games with platform kind of action, where people jump from place to place and have to climb while they're fighting, that you'd associate with the Mario games, especially when the franchise evolved with Mario 64, and that's something that you'd think would be really, I don't want to say easy, because obviously it's hard work, but easy to approximate in a video game movie, but yet even films where it's handed to them on a platter, like Prince of Persia, they seem to screw it up.
2: Yeah. And you know, one Um, thing you mentioned here that uh, I hope you can get into a little more is um, that there is actually, video games is a young medium in a scale of things compared to film and, you know, of course, text, novels, so forth. But um, as you mentioned, you know, we're now in 2023, it's been what, almost what? uh, 50, well, 40 plus years. Of its existence in public culture, so we have it's not just it's not just for kids anymore. If it ever was, um, there's, there's this whole gamut of um, the target audiences because video games as themselves are so familiar to every most most people, be they young or young or old. So there's even there, even within that somewhat limited scope of what I, or genre, maybe you could call it if you want to call it that, there's so many ways to go. Like even more recently, you know, stuff like uh, Uncharted, which is you know a teen style game but over its own course like it that is, itself is a major franchise that has grown with its audience so to speak and kids who became adults and so like there's so many ways you can do this um well I, I don't know what you want to do Mike for far as the uh the, the flow goes but I did want to get into Mario first this film first because um this is one of the you know the most direct ones like that is the all ages well for kids but also all ages because it has it is a get what, what I spoke to this um it is the history of video games you know one of the very first big popular mega mega blockbusters of games also coming out in the early 80s you know so it's, it's it's been with us for this whole time so now we have this what uh, what some will say is the true Mario movie but we'll talk about the other one in a little bit um, For the fans kind of... <laughs> yeah for yeah for the for the fans yeah so we' yeah, had this
3: I'm gonna say Vice my my flow was I didn't want to leave doA yet but you uh you took it yeah. So um, <laughs>
2: it's let, free let, wait, wait, on basically
0: we... every streaming service: 2B, uh, YouTube, all that jazz. It's like 85 minutes long.
1: Go watch it. Right, get... g- give 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 Mike five minutes on DOA. Just like give us <laughs> uh... give us like at least two. L- like let's just hear it. Of course, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, well, first of all,
3: you can also read the article I wrote for Film Combat Syndicate on it. Um, because I started championing this movie uh, a couple of years ago, um, because I think it's an I think it's basically an underappreciated masterpiece uh, in terms of video game adaptations. First of all, if you've ever played the DOA games, it nails the tone. Because Scott, you mentioned it's cheesecakey. The DOA games are cheesecakey as hell. DOA has two things going for it: one, a hyper like fast, really skill based fighting engine and boobs and the movie basically nails that because it's directed by Corey and it's actually the movie that he retired on essentially i don't know why but it's his action team so it melds hong kong style action with sort of western style you know obviously western actors um you mentioned jamie presley it's got my boy kevin nash playing her dad in it it's got Devin aoki uh the that's Stunningly beautiful Holly Valence is in it. Um, Steve Howie in one of his earliest roles, playing a super nerd, which is hilarious if you know what Steve Howie looks like now. He fucking plays Harry Tasker on uh, on <laughs> TV series. Oh my god!
1: Um, <laughs> oh. He's 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 Scott Atkins' brother in Day Shift.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm um, slowly catching up to that show, which is fine. I mean, I don't want to oversell yeah. it, but it's oh, enjoyable. It's solid CBS. Yeah. Role type. Time waster. Uh, I love that they got through the entire first film in the pilot. And now it's what yep. was promised in the, the credits, but you know, obviously there was never a sequel. Anyway, carry on. Yep, exactly.
3: So, anyway, I just cannot recommend DOA uh, highly enough. I think it is so much fun. Um, it is like Scott said; it's streaming free for every, basically everywhere. It's pretty hard to track down physical copies. You have to basically buy them used. You can find them for not terribly expensive if you can keep your eyes and ears open. I I got. Uh, I got a DVD for like five bucks on Declutter, so uh, just keep your eyes open for it. But um, yeah, okay. Wait, I have now. Wait,
1: wait, wait. One DOA because I unfortunately, because of travel and everything, was not able to watch Super Mario this week. But because uh, I was home, I did get to watch DOA on Tubi thanks to you guys talking about this in Vice's thread about video games. And I just want to second everybody's uh, appreciation for this movie. I think. Look, 2006 was sort of a wasteland for online writing about action and and the kind of community that we've built now. There was so much like haters for shit like this. It was, you know, Any Cool News was kind of like against this type of um, tongue-in-cheek appreciation for things that, you know, everyone, so I, I feel like if this had come out now, we would be properly defending its honor, but it was in a wasteland. And so it's nice to get, you know, things like this and and even Paul WS's like I, I feel like it's kind of the nice successor to Mortal Kombat and 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 Street Fighter. Like the three of them all kind of fit in that uh earnest uh adaptation that that kind of does takes it for what it is. Um, but um yeah, anyway, I, I did really, really like uh Jamie Presley is is sort of she kind of fits in our like new metal uh appreciation like going back to the early 2000s earnestness like she she's there's not there's an ironic detachment to it but like she fucking i don't know not many actors actually just will 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 have like the lack of like she's not afraid to look silly and take big swings and she actually pulls it off and her fighting in this is as mike mentions in his article is excellent in her physical shape incredible all the girls look incredible the guys look great it's one of those things. Like everybody looks top notch. Even Eric Roberts is, uh, you know, he he he's he's chewing scenery. It's it's back in the day. Everything looks. Kevin Nash, my God. Um, so yeah, I had a great time with it. Yeah, I didn't
3: mention that it's got Colin Chu and and Kane Kasugi in it as well. I mean, it's this thing is stacked, vice.
2: But one thing I want to add, um, above D.O.A. also, but um, this is kind of what will be an ongoing part as we go to the to the films later on this episode. Um, when you mentioned the, the gameplay aspect of it all. You know, it's, it's really like tight fighting games. And you know, the boobies. But like, it's like uh, people joke about boob physics, but like the game, DOA, DOA games are really high level of like technical specifications like crafts to make said boobies bounce. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's ironic slash, I don't know, um, silly, but like, well, as we go to, to talk about this, you know, the hand in hand of the technological advancement of gaming and how that translates to both the quality of the games, but also how that affects film in turn, and, you know, the ongoing thing of, of film, certain things advancing the technological aspects. So yeah, I, the point that I wanna stress as we go on today is that these are all been interwoven for a long time. And like I mentioned before, it's not just some some gimmick. This is like, this is our language now in pop culture language or cultural language even. And, um, you know, because I, 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 I people don't know I have a communications degree and a part of this was, I did several studies on video games and. Um, Historical parts of it, so I'll get into that a little bit, but yeah, so uh, yeah, the, yeah, again, DOA, great, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. uh, the, the, the sorts of the movies, yeah, I love it, but yeah, so I want to, so with that though, like, uh, when I'm talking about the technological stuff and the cultural stuff, you know, Mario and this, fucking, this, 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 this screensaver movie, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, it, ha- it has you know, hey, you're all, not
0: wrong, yeah,
2: they put all this money into it and, you, and, you, and it shows on screen, but yeah, I want to definitely get into like, you know overall thoughts about it and also but as because we have scott here the kind of the the, the real meat of the, the question is like this made so much fucking money this weekend is like insane um well no, no please i, I guess uh Scott, if, if you want to start you know but. The-
0: Oh, is this where I talk about box
2: office? <laughs> right, we'll be no, I'll no, be no. quick. No, no,
0: it's, it's, I'm happy to, but it's, it did $204 million over the first five days in North America, 146 over three days. That's the second, just the Friday, Sunday number is the second biggest uh, animated opening ever behind The Incredibles 2, which did 183 in 2018. It had the Second, it had the Sands inflation, the biggest five Friday to Wednesday to Sunday opening ever ahead of Transformers Revenge of the Fallen in 2009. Um, Let's see. It's already made more money domestically than Sonic the Hedgehog 2, making it the biggest-grossing video game movie ever in North America in five fucking days. Uh, in terms of tickets sold, it will have passed Tomb Raider, which did 131 million in 2001, which translates to around 275 today. It'll pass that sometime this week, and then you know, game over. Haha, uh, No pun intended. Uh, globally, the biggest-grossing video game movie is still Warcraft, which did 440-ish on a 220 budget. Most of that was from China, which China didn't like any more than we did, but that's a longer conversation. Um, so it'll it's at 377 worldwide, so it will pass Warcraft, I don't know, Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's going to be the f- biggest grossing video game movie by a mile. Uh, it's probably going to be the biggest grossing movie of the year globally and domestically. You know, I... I called that shot a while back and I if I may brag, the joke I made earlier is that I'm as right about Super Mario Brothers as I was wrong about Top Gun Maverick so hopefully it evens out Um, but the initial numbers are so to infinity and beyond that I don't see anything that can approach this level of gotta see it right now excitement There's, there's gonna be a lot of hit movies there's gonna be a lot of successes but I don't see anything that's gonna approach this um and whether or not this makes video game movies the new comic book superhero movies is a big question because Hollywood would love that because they're running out of comic book movies to adapt because you haven't had a non-DC non-Marvel comic book superhero success theatrically since Chronicle in 2012 um and right now with Marvel and DC kind of in probation i guess for lack of a better word they're you know they're not you know in trouble per se but there's a certain whatever even that stuff isn't as guarantees as you'd think i mean i may eat crow here but i don't think i think guardians 3 may have to settle for being really really big and not monstrously so because it's selling more of the same and you have a certain segment of the audience that said okay i've had enough after endgame um and I think it's as much of a dead man walking in terms of the broader narrative as the four DC films that are coming out this year before the great, you know, reset. Um, But we'll see. I, I I'll be happily, I'll, yeah,
1: Um yeah. I, I think Guardians will probably have the benefit of of getting at least more positive reviews than yes. Than and some you have the, people the that like ones.
0: Guardians that otherwise don't care about superhero franchises that will show up, right? But. Even in much better times, Guardians 2 quote unquote only did 869 million dollars in 2017. That was with China throwing in 115, which is no longer happening right now. Um, even Fast X, if I were Universal, I'd be scared shitless because at this point, getting to 100 in China would be considered a halfway decent result. You know, the film is incredibly expensive, allegedly around 340 million dollars, and right now. I'm getting Transformers the Last Night vibes in terms of this is the one where audiences say, I've been burned too many times. Oh, wow. um, but we'll see. Well I yeah, really that-
3: sorry, go ahead, Vice.
2: Oh, just a quick like guess caveat you can say on that is also um one of the things Guardians also has going for it is um it has its own kind of cultural cache as well, beyond MCU or even comic yes. books, um to, to the point of this podcast episode. Uh, they had a video game small last year. I think it was I think it was last year. Of the Gardens Galaxy, like kind of a um RPG style, like a mass effect type, you know, action adventure shooter game. It did really well, got great reviews. And uh, you know, this other stuff, other the merchandising stuff like a uh, Fortnite, I think they have um some characters there. So like it has its own kind of um, I wouldn't say fan base per se, but um its own yes. task that I think will help it more than the other other upcoming um um gestures of, of movies that I think I think games are a not insignificant part of that as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. And again, when I'm saying Guardians is only going to, you know, it might only do $800 million. It will be a big, big hit. I just, I, do, I don't see it being bigger than Mario. And I don't see it big being bigger than a, a number of quote unquote franchise films this year, but we'll see. Um, as far as Mario goes, you know, this is sort of the video game movies waiting for Superman moment where, you know, they, I mean, yeah, the reviews aren't great, but again, I mean, If I may get into the cultural Twitter nonsense for a second. Yes. First of all, half the critics liked it. (laughs) Even if you just go by the tomato meter, it got what 53% rotten, which means 53% of the critics thought it was at least three stars. Um
2: (laughs) better than Blade. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And the other thing is like in the proverbial olden days, movies like Super Mario Brothers were not supposed to get good reviews. I mean, even video game movies. I mean, that's high for a video game movie. There's only a few offhand, maybe Angry Birds 2 and the Sonic Pictures, that have gotten better reviews than Super Mario Brothers. I think didn't and, Detective Pikachu get Yes, it? sorry, Detective Pikachu, yes. Um and I think what's weird is that video game movies quality-wise have been on such a streak rampage. Tomb Raider, Detective Pikachu, Sonic, Sonic 2. Uh, I'm not big on Monster Hunter, but I know it has its fan base and whatever. Um, That I think it's, this is like the only point in history where people would be surprised that a video game movie got lousy reviews. And again, a lot of this is disingenuous, monetized YouTube culture war bullshit. Where you have people over here on the right saying, it's pardon my use of the word, it's woke because Princess Peach is in a damsel of distress. Grr. And then you have other people in the same fucking political party using the same grift. You're saying, grr, critics don't like it because they hate Chris Pratt and they're whiny, wokey, with rubbles. Wah. It's like, pick one. But they know they don't have to. And as long as this shit is monetized, it's never going to stop. And yeah. it was never... It was always disingenuous. It never represented the mainstream. You know, we we should have known this since the Force fucking awakens, but we kept taking the bait over and over and over. And now we've turned that kind of discourse into a fully funded, profitable online ecosystem.
2: And I see. I guess in the movie a little bit more, like, um, you know, there's this. We, we again with the online stuff, you think about, you know, all the uh, you have Nintendo adults. Oh, I want to see the come. This is the movie I've been waiting for as a kid or whatever or some nonsense like that but then you have you know like a, oh I, I, this or otherwise oh, like a there's too many um references Easter eggs not enough actual movie but what what we've all known really from the beginning when they even announced it, is that this is a movie for kids parents to get the kids which is as some people have talked about a little harder a little rarer than we we would think nowadays you know again with the, the whole problem of, problem of the comic movies out there they're usually skewed more teen, even though they're poor-quadrant, quote-unquote. Quote, they're more teen or a little bit mature-based. But no, it's just like, you know, you can bring your fucking two-year-old to this if you want to. And, like, we haven't really had something like that in a while that was at this at this scale. So just that alone was going to make... that's that, We already knew it was going to make billion oh, dollars yeah. or whatever. And all, and all this, like, cultural nonsense like, was never part of that at all.
0: <laughs> and, you know, if I may, as someone who did not like the movie, but I don't think it's necessarily a war crime... I think one of the issues with the film is that it juggles the line between being aimed at smart kids and nostalgic dumb adults. And you know, the I, I do think that's a big problem with franchises and IP right now is that you know the obvious examples are Forgive me for being simplistic here. Last Jedi aimed at smart kids. Rise of Skywalker aimed at dumb adults. Um, <laughs> forgive me if you're one of the very smart wow. people who still liked Rise of Skywalker. I know well, so. That's fire. That's fire right there. Um, and I think when, when you know, oh, it's just for kids. That, that's not an excuse. Because even, you know, Paramount has been on a run with some surprisingly well-made And above board and emotionally engrossing kids films that are based on IP that are very much kid targeted first. I think that's one of the reasons the Sonic the Hedgehog films were as good as they were, because nostalgia and IP whatever was second and third to just making a damn good kids film. Uh, Clifford was better than Mario Brothers, for fuck's sake. (laughs) And you were right. Breaks my heart to admit it. But Paw Patrol was better. Hey, you
2: gotta
0: I'm still angry that they're not just remaking the Dark Knight for the Paw Patrol sequel where Mayor <laughs> Humdinger you know he got hammered so he turned to the mischievous cats who he didn't really trust but he doesn't understand that some animals aren't about money or power some cats just want to watch the world burn
2: <laughs> I mean it's right there <laughs> wait wait I want to go attention here I'm sorry I don't really I don't, I don't yeah. have Like I, I, I'm joking but I'm not joking when like, I was like Paw Patrol is a great movie because like you know like I made a, tw- a a thread earlier this week about, you know, here I am, a 40 old man, friend. no kids. You know, like I, I I was in the middle of doing a, I was in the middle of a meeting, like with like clients and shit. And I was like, oh, I gotta buy this fucking ticket for tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, what am I doing with my fucking life? What am I doing with my life? Like what why what why what brought me to this this point? You know, like I I have I, to paraphrase the you know the, the Blame Runner, you know, I've seen the the melted human parts <laughs> on people in war, you know, like you th- things you can't imagine. Now I'm buying, I'm going to see this fucking dude jump on blocks and shit. Like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing? You know, and it's like, but you know, again, I'm like, when I, once I kind of ate that, I was like, it's okay. The kids, it's for the, it's for the children. But you know, it, it's, well, and well, like, you know, it's still, when, when they didn't when actually sell it, I was like, this is bullshit. But, you know, it's, but you know, hey, it's like, kids. It's fine. Kids like bullshit too. It's okay. Like, I like, I like, we like dumbass movies all the time. So, you know, all of our whack three, three star, five star, you know, DTVX movies, the no, kids like dumb shit too. It's okay. It's fine. It's, it's not, as you said, it's not a war crime, like the ones I've actually seen and done, but you know, it's, 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 just you know, part of the game, part of the business you know, so like, like and, and you know, and as we you're as we saying, you know, this money is making is like like, 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 you know, people, there's not a lot right now that they can get to. So it's like, Hey man, that's fine. You know, take, take the kids and shut out. You know, have a nap, wait, you know, or or you know, enjoy seeing the, the cat suit Mario. I don't, I don't know what game he's from, he's from the 3D ones, the we the I, 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 I think I, so, I, yeah. I lost track of the I don't know,
1: but yeah, <laughs> I, I do want to jump in there, Vice, and say, I you know, I agree. And saw people, you know, I, I kind of was talking about uh, you know, my kids actually being excited for Moana remake, and I took my daughter when she was four to the first one. and and I just said, "Hey, The Rock's gonna do a live-action Moana remake," and she went, "Yes!" <laughs> and like on my feed, it was just all you know, forty-year-old dudes being like, "Fuck this shit!" And I'm like, "Dudes, come on! Like, it's not like i, I you weren't four-year-old, <laughs> four four years old when it came no, I'm out." I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's not coming out for another year or two. I get I mean, that everyone's turned on The Rock, and I'm The Rock Stan. Uh, I'll take all your rock stock. Just keep giving it to me. Uh, but I was just—I just had to get dip my toe into it, and then I just I, wish it was a whole fucking hornet's like nest.
0: intelligence, but I digress.
3: Me
1: too. Me too. Yeah. I—I'm I, not saying they're all winners, yeah. but it is a hornet's nest of people saying all live action remakes are like yeah. disrespecting animation, and it was—it was like a, a, a whole like religious fundamentalism that I wasn't aware existed and I didn't (laughs) want to engage anymore. So I had to change my replies. Um, (laughs) But yeah, anyway, I I would say just like to put to say like some of this Pixar stuff that gets the like 100 percent, 98 percent critics, 90 percent audiences like it's not the most fun time to rewatch like Soul and Inside Out with your kids as much as you think it is like they're they're both really good and thoughtful movies. But like, I don't want to talk about death with my child, like every time they're fucking watching something like my kids <laughs> like Luca better than Soul because it's just like, hey, it's fish people in Italy. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes yeah, no, You're
0: <laughs> absolutely right. And that's maybe. one reason why Luca was sort of a breath of fresh air. Right. Like this is just a good cartoon. And the joke I used to make is that, you know, the secret, to, you know, this was back when DreamWorks was bigger, although after Puss in Boots, maybe they're on the up but it's like Pixar movies, you know, uh, DreamWorks movies will make your kids cry. Pixar movies will make you cry yes you just have to pick one
1: <laughs> yeah and, and 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 turning red i'd say was was the best of that recent bunch that and, yes and, and it was it, that was great there 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 there's room for all of it and i think that's the great thing to say but to, to utterly dismiss say a children's programmer as being for kids like guys that's, that's what we're looking for most of the time um <laughs>
0: The funny thing about the Moana thing, which makes sense because Moana has been consistently like the most popular movie on Disney Plus for three and a half years. Um, very good Robin. It's it fucking rocks. Yeah, but and it's fantastic the, the music. Joke a friend you, of mine made is that yeah. he's, you know, he doesn't actually think this, but you know, wouldn't it be funny if The Rock made that video without telling anybody, released it on Twitter without telling anybody, and then Disney had to back it up. <laughs>
1: It's oh. it's so, it, I mean, I thought his video, I thought it was obviously yeah. very sweet, but it's like, why, everyone's like, why does he want to do this? And it's like, my, I want to make a movie. My kids love it. They still don't think I'm Maui. Like <laughs> if they've been making fun of him and saying, you're not Maui the whole time. <laughs> so he finally gets to be like, I'm Maui. And uh, on, honors my family, honors my heritage, and gets a twenty million dollar payday from Disney while he's at it. Which, I wonder, what the mystery, the mystery, yeah, the mystery. Exactly. Why is this I happening? Mean, <laughs> he's
0: doing fine, but you know the Black Adam catastrophe did not make him look good. No, the cover and, up was worse than the crime. Right, right. Um, and you know, it was either this or Jumanji Four. I would have voted for Jumanji Four, but whatever. I'll well, still watch this.
1: I was like, wait, there was a three. And then I realized, yeah, I guess that's... technically it, there, it <laughs> is part two and part three. Yeah.
0: Which I um, think are wonderful films that give offer him at his best because he's yes. an underdog. And he's, you know, because of how he looks, he's much more fun and engrossing when he's somehow positioned as an underdog. It's and
1: those good, are good. kind of video game movies. I know oh, it's yeah. a oh, Absolutely. Game, but, I mean, the, and that's, the, the you know, his I, reboots I, are great video game movies. Yeah. And
0: I think obviously there's a, a sort of a di. You know, a difference between films that are literally based on video games and films that just use video games as part of their visual narrative language. You know, Sucker Punch, John Wick, Run, Little Run, Edge of Tomorrow, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to say, you know, we've had that for about a good 10 years. And one of the exciting things of coming out of Creed 3 was as someone that is aware of anime but isn't hardcore into it. I am thrilled the, the possibility of having an entire generation of directors that grew up on anime, making movies of all kinds, giving me visual shit that's new to me. Because that is incredibly exciting.
2: In that um, case, you know, having Michael B. Jordan, you know, his very well-known nerd, like, you know, just, yeah. first of all, being part of, Biking Chronicle, being part of that kind of strange uh, anime slash Marvel comic book in the explosion, and then this now, yeah, like, he's yeah, let gotta live for him. Well, also you mentioned Jumanji, that's another. Well, I guess we're kind of going back and forth, but uh, yeah, the way uh, Jack Black is kind of like universal love. Oh yeah, I, I I still remember to this day uh when I saw Jumanji three slash Return to the Jungle whatever it was <laughs> with uh Dan DeVito, and yes. the kids fucking loved him. Like I don't know because they, you know, it, I mean, it might have been in part because they might have remember him from Matilda or whatever, but like he's like he's just like a perennial like kids love this dude. Like, like like Jack Black, like like he's just like a, he's a fun animated person in general it's that
0: penguin guy that gave me nightmares
2: <laughs> yeah you know yeah but like when he does here, like the kids the kids would love that guy like, yeah it's like even like, I, I i usually i talk about um i love when um high level actors do clownery for the kids you know like uh Willem Dafoe in spider-man you know like yeah. i mean he was doing a good thing back in the 90s or the first one or whatever but like when he came back and like just like beat each up I of a little boy. <laughs> you know? And the kids loved it because because he was putting, you know, and he, you know, well, that was on a and very and get all. off my
0: lawn kind of moment. I mean, <laughs> that is a compliment.
2: Yeah, you know, and Star Wars, uh, of course, also famous for this. They have all these like high level theatrical actors yes. saying absolute nonsense. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know that's part of like, like and that's that's part of it too. Like you know, I, I want to talk about the Mario for, but like you have there are actors who can like they don't, well, maybe that they did. Not that they don't mind it, or they do mind it, but it's like um, it's still a job. It's still a performance either way. So they 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 commit to it, and that's usually a, like that's I think that's um, for any kind of adaptation game kind of otherwise, that's always gonna be like who was it uh uh in the Pokemon Pokemon movie uh what's, what's one boy's name? Uh, Justice he's Smith. An, uh, no, no, no. The old, the old dude. He's the underworld. Oh, he's the famous. Uh, Wantanabe uh, Ken Wantanabe. Oh yeah, like him too. Yeah, like yeah, right. he was in. Oh yeah, Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nodge, the, the science the guy. Prince. He was talking absolute yeah. nonsense. But he was giving it his all because he and he like he loves the job. He loves doing it. And like, you know, that, yeah. that made that move that part well in part. I mean that movie, yeah. like you know, like, see somebody like of this uh prestige taking it seriously. It like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I, I can I can swell my pride a bit and like just, just go for go for the go with the flow, go with the ride. Yeah, and I think that's also gonna be a, a part of I guess in a more a textual level, like um as these as the culture of games gets older, there are going to be some, like I guess you could say, um, stewards, if you will, people who are like, oh well, I trust this actor in this stuff, and he's here doing this nonsense. So I guess, you know, hey, if he's if he's here, I can I can go with the flow too, you know. Um well, what's Keith life- is this-
0: turning into that. She's <laughs> yeah. you know, Indiana Jones, Thor Three, now she's got Borderlands coming soon. Oh, yeah. And yeah, she was yeah. terrific at Eli Ross, the house with the clock in its walls, which is why I'm very optimistic for Borderlands, even with all the behind the scenes shenanigans that are allegedly happening.
2: Yeah. And so I, I, so I wanted to say about, you know, about Mario, like, uh, there was some, uh, again, some more incident kerfuffle nonsense about the, the casting. Uh, Chris Pratt, you know, people are liking for whatever reason. And uh, Annie Taylor Joy, you know, she's was, she was, she was a, she a big star now. She's really, like, really hot, you know, going, I mean, like, metaphorically hot you know, uh, on the presses. And she's beautiful, too, or whatever. Um, and so, but in the movie, you know, so like I guess, like it's it's a very strange thing I want to, I want to talk about. Like, uh, I, one presumes it was like this so called stunt casting. They get like these big names on on this on this sheet, but like, and then when the next movie, when that movie plays out, aside from Jack Black, of course, that was just kind of like whatever. Like, they could have been literally anybody. Like, the, like their voices didn't yeah. matter. <laughs> just, which I thought was strange because, like, because um. again, like you know, I, again we we talked about. Just all ages to try to target as many people as possible. So I guess people who know those names would be like, "Oh, if they're in this, then sure, I'll watch it." But then the kids are like, "They fucking They don't. They haven't seen uh, the North, North Men or whatever." The like kids love the witch. <laughs> oh well, hey, you know what? That's that's a good point too. Yeah, yeah. some, of these, some of <laughs> older uh, older teens would like, yeah, but yeah, it's very strange, like in you know, like a, and to the movie itself, like everything's fine. But again, it's like you know, like a there's no like at least from the actors for the most part you know who was who was, uh, Ke- michael key you know the, the famous pink Key and peels in it Now i didn't even know it was him like because they kind of modulated his voice a little bit i think and uh, you know and again big name um but it's like it could have been anybody <laughs> so, no you're absolutely right very, is,
0: and it's, we've been having this conversation about movie stars versus voice actors since aladdin 25 30 years ago and i i think though you know we've lost that war and but I think this is an unusual circumstance, even by the standards of you know "quote unquote" A-listers getting A-list theatrical you know voiceover roles, where you really can't, I mean blind or deaf taste test, whatever you want to you know I couldn't have picked Chris you know Pratt if I didn't know he was the voice of Mario. I kind of recognize Jack Black just because he's he's playing around, and obviously Seth Rogen is just using his own voice, and that's fine. <laughs> um, but Charlie Day, no. And Taylor Joy, maybe a couple spots here and there. And I say this with minimal judgment, but she kind of sounded embarrassed. And <laughs> I don't blame her considering, I think, one of the issues with the movie is they're terrified to give Princess Peach a personality. Um, you know, they, they go here and they pull back. They go there and they pull back. Uh, which, again, I, I think the film is sort of the epitome of, and I, I think Matt Singer wrote about this back when The Force Awakens came out, which is basically we're in the don't fuck it up era where you have these franchises that are allegedly so fan driven and the fans have to be satisfied and like, or the brands are so important and so expensive that the most important thing is just don't fuck it up. And I think, I think even Marvel's kind of falling to that trap now. I think that's kind of where they are right now. It's that, you know, the brand is too valuable to play around with. Um, That's a longer, broader conversation.
1: Yeah, um, exactly. uh, well, Mike! Mike, did you? Did, we haven't heard from you in a bit. Did we? Did you see the movie? No, there was there was no way
3: I was going to go see this one. Um, <laughs> it's really
2: short. <laughs> it's just yeah. like me, right? Yeah, I the I, got. I, I
0: <laughs> we appreciated your sacrifice. It was very entertaining,
3: and not you would have
1: showed up on a federal red flag thing, be like one ticket to Mario, please, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so
3: no, I I don't I don't really have any thoughts on on the new Mario. I mean, basically you guys are saying exactly what I thought it was going to be, which is like most things it sounds fine. Like yeah. it sounds fine. Why I, every 90% of things are Fine, And we treat them like you said, Scott, we treat them like they're fucking war crimes or or, I mean, this is my hot take on video game movies. Just our, our whole thesis of this episode. Most video game movies are fine. There are very few video game movies that are truly reprehensibly bad. And there are really none that are exceptionally good. You're really dealing with a two to three star range for almost every video game movie that's ever been made. And everybody needs to like just relax and then like, like chill. I, you know, I still stand by my, my statement a while ago, of vice, you and I have talked about this, that I think it makes more sense to use the language of video games to make original movies rather than try to adapt video games. I mean Oh yeah. I mean look at everybody freaking out about John Wick and the the top down hotline miami scene in John Wick, you know. I mean that that's uh but uh you know, for me here it's just like yeah, just relax. If you if you Super Mario is not going to piss on your childhood, it's going to Liam's kids are going to like it. Uh Scott your kids liked it. Vice you know, suffered through it, but Vice, let's be honest, you've watched worse movies in the theater than this one.
2: Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. This is, yeah. This is, this is not like, you know, uh, blood, Bloodshot or something like that or a fucking... <laughs> or, 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 or Red bonus or whatever the fuck. Yeah, this is not-
3: <laughs> so, to me, it's just kind of like, all right, you know, obviously there was a market for it. Uh, I mean, there's no question about it. I just looked going back a little bit. I just went through every movie that's coming out for the rest of the year and, Scott, I... I mean, of course you're right because you're always right. But there's there's nothing that's I don't think there's anything coming out that's going to touch this. I mean, I I said this a while ago, and I had a bunch of people throwing Spider-Man at me uh, across the Spider-Verse, and I'm like, y'all realize that a like cartoon into the Spider-Verse was like a very very modest success, and yes, it's built up, but it ain't it ain't gonna do two hundred million
0: dollars in five days, and, and if it is. No. I'll eat eat crow, but it could do. It could be a breakout sequel and do two fifty total, and that would be wonderful. Uh, I do think that's the biggest contender by default. Now that Shazam came and went, alas, that's a tragedy. But whatever. (laughs) I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but I liked it. But anyway, uh, Spider. Yeah, I mean, the first one was a solid hit. Did three ninety on a ninety budget, which is terrific for a superhero cartoon. Did a little bit better than Batman: Mask of the
1: Phantasm. Uh, i saw that
0: one in an empty theater on christmas day i i know yeah
1: um (laughs) i I will back up that with anecdotal evidence of uh back home with with young cousins kids that are obsessed with spider-verse and i said what's your most anticipated movie yeah and he said mario i was (laughs) like oh no (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, oh, I, I you
1: dumb motherfucker.
0: <laughs> is going to be noticeably bigger than the first one breakout sequel all that jazz uh and it's one that for a variety of reasons is going to be considered an event film even for people that are off the superhero trade yeah um, and
2: again same thing I mentioned before you know with the uh, the game kind of buff buff you could call it uh, to use the game term like it has there, there was there, there was a very really popular um Spider-Man PS4 slash five game came out a few years ago. Did really well, critical success, uh, financial success. They made a sequel slash uh, off, off offshoot with Miles Morales as the main character for the PS5. One of the, one of the uh, flagship titles for the PS5 when it came out did really well. So and it ha- so again, like it, again, Spider-Man specifically Miles Morales Spider-Man. Again, his own cultural cache that has this. Not a significant bump from the gaming world and all that stuff. So yeah, it, it has a lot going for it. So yeah, there's no reason why, you know, I mean, yeah, like like you said, not going to do Mario money, but like, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going it's to gonna be a good, it's going to be a good deal. Yeah, I, I, and, and again, gaming, gaming, it, it it it's, I guess my point is that these successful IPs as they're going forward, they understand, I think, or at least the people who are smart about it understand this link of the gaming and, and the cross-cultural stuff. And we'll talk about this more. This has been tried before to various effects you know the matrix already the film had its own s- s- sequel slash side story tie-in into the matrix and uh path of neo and all these these actual full-on games that were directly tied to the story but they didn't they didn't hit it off because for whatever reason i guess they, at the time weren't ready for it or the technology didn't catch up to the movies so so on and so forth um but no no like the, the, the now nowadays like yeah, it's like there's definitely like a this uh i don't want to say over saturation but like you got to kind of uh, play the full court press as you will. You're going to have this big thing. You got to have the game, the movie, TV show, maybe, or all, all this stuff. And uh, again, you like, have to have a character in Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's I'm how not popular. entirely joking. No, no, but, no, yeah. Like, that's not really popular. Like, you yeah, got yeah, Fortnite. Yeah. I, I remember you a Fortnite great cash, generational
0: yeah. moment in the summer of 2020 when I had to ask my then, I think, eight year old son how to get onto Fortnite so I could watch the second tenet trailer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh so i mean you know what? i guess i mean uh, mario movies whatever don't watch it if you have kids or, or and don't be yeah. like you need to be a fucking creeper and watch the movie stuff but yeah like that's a, that's a good, good point um i'm going to touch on um is like a uh, tenant uh, christopher nolan he's one of the kind of the forebearers slash big marquee names who is directly uh, uh, uh like like expressly put video game language into his oh, yeah you know, and and inception like, like, is is a video game. Yeah, yeah. Inception, <laughs> uh, the the the, uh, the World War II one, the, like the you know, tenant of course is like tenant is Call of Duty with like a it's a Call of Duty plot. Like to even it even mirrors like the obs- obscure, stupidness of it all. But that's, it's, it's so dumb <laughs> and brilliant, you know. It's so dumb and smart. Like it it, it has that language and not just the language language the visual language and the tone and the emotional uh, propulsion of the game. And he gets to that stuff so well. And, and 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 like people have caught on to that. I I don't know how they're gonna um, game Oppenheimer <laughs> so much. Although, but uh oh, just a quick uh some factual stuff for the audience here. Um, like I mentioned before, I did a, a historical document stuff for this for school, and like the, the about the history of video games. And the, like they say that the first video game, to my knowledge, was a uh the table the tennis game, like table tennis game. Uh, I mean, before Pong though, like uh, yeah, it was like a some telemetric uh oscillator um visualizer that was meant to test telemetry of ballistic missiles back in 1958 like so this like the the the, the origin of video games is from war machines you know and like this is something like like we only and and, like a lot of um multiple events are due to like dod slash uh, warfare um uh, necessity but yeah just like thinking about that and see and seeing now like uh, i I, I see that i I went to the um Museum of the moving image and saw the a- the actual telemetry machine that was playing the tennis. tennis. It was really cool. And then you didn't, to think about, you know, now like you have tenant where you have the, the building blowing up backwards, but it's forwards, like it's quick time or it's a bullet time. It's like, what? You know, Kevin, not just full circle, but like, you know, just going through, through the parallax of this gaming and, and real life and this move cinematic crossover, the connection is really wild. Um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, well, yeah, so if anybody had any thoughts on more Mario, because uh, I do also think we did want to talk about the, uh, the OG more movie, a little bit, if you, if anybody has seen Which that Which is still
0: bad. Stop trying to reclaim it as the end of its time. <laughs> it's still terrible. I hated it. It was bad when I was 13. I saw it at opening weekend. It was bad when I watched it 10 years ago on a lark. And it's bad when I watched it last month for a podcast on the summer of 1993. It still <laughs> stinks. <laughs> Yeah, i got to
3: go with Scott on this one. Bice, I know you're you're championing the Super Mario, but... Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone. There's many absolutely delusional yeah. people out there just like <laughs> you. There, there, is, there is something to be said. Like, what was that tweet that, that went around
3: this weekend where the guy was like... Not everything from your childhood is is good. Stop trying to reclaim these movies. And the motherfucker put Blade on the list. Oh, God. And I went apoplectic. But I will stand by him with Super Mario Brothers because I still think that movie's really fucking terrible. But, uh, you know, each to their own. Each to their but,
2: own. So, I would say as, as a – I don't even know if I'm a defender. I just, like, a, I knew – else was a kid back then. You see, it was bananas. Like, I could, it was very plain to see that – this is not at all the Mario recognized or not at all, like, or even like a cohesive, coherent story. But again, you know, like part, part of what we saw, you know, like kids can like trash too. But for me, it was like um, not simply just trash, but like uh, it's just a weird fucking movie. Like for me as a kid, you know, I, I hadn't seen like, you know, Brazil or something like that. You know, I hadn't yet seen those um, more adult or more mature um, science fiction slash cyberpunk uh, slash dystopian things yet. So for me, kind of Mario was my kind of introduction to that kind of stuff. So like, okay, I I I get that this is insane, but I like that it's insane. Like this is not something that I, I mean, as a kid who's fed like you know basic nonsense is used to. This is like this is not basic nonsense. This is absurd nonsense. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'm fucking with this. And also, you know, in, in that time, also the era of like you know Gremlins Two, Ninja Turtles, like uh, they were. Uh, I remember Gremlins Two um, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, or even, <laughs> even um. Uh, was batteries not included. This really weird, like a uh, sci-fi movie about aliens, miniature spaceships that nobody remembers. I um, mean, you know like I, me as a kid in New York, I just liked movies about weird shit happening in New York. Like you know, you know, even, even Dinotopia is that that was still like New York. It's you know, still fucking Times Square, but with the dinosaurs and shit. You know, so yeah, like for me, like I don't have any. It's not revisionism in my in my case. I mean, it might be for some people, but like, like no, this is ridiculous as a kid. But it's like I like this ridiculous. And, and again, to compare it to the, this movie now. You know, where it's like. Don't fuck it up. You know, stay in the stay in the lines of this do exactly the, the, the Nintendo Nintendo god saying, do not fuck this up, do not fuck with our money. <laughs> and whereas back then they were like, you know, like that, and like Street Fighter and even more combat to a degree, they were like, just fucking go for it, you know. So I was I always appreciated the, the fact that you just kind of went for it, just like just went off the fucking rails. And my issue
0: uh, whatever. I, I get it, you know, visually it's interesting. My issue, even as a kid, it's like it was clear, and they, we know this for sure now, is that you had Certain people that want it more like the game, certain people that wanted to make Brazil slash Blade Runner for kids, and they never picked one. So mm-hmm. they're like bad versions of both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, if they had committed to one lane or another and, you know, whatever it's, it was 30 years ago. Uh, I mean, say what you will about Street Fighter, but at least that, that as a cohesive, this is what we want to do. We want to make, you know, basically G.I. Joe, the movie with Street Fighter characters. Yeah, And I don't love that movie, but it's entertaining. And Julia is giving what I would consider to be a pitch perfect, sad, satirical riff on the post Die Hard Batman big screen villainy. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'd say the only the only thing that holds back Street Fighter a little bit is just like they, they like sneak in the power parts. And it's like if they just gone full on. With the uh, you know Hadoukins and uh, and all that that shit, it would be it would take it to this other level. But and I even I think the hell Mortal
0: Combat, which I think still it was pretty fun then and held up pretty well now. It's like okay, we'll just remake Under the Dragon.
1: Yeah, Mor- Mortal Combat, I I can't uh, like accurately judge because uh, <laughs> as soon as the fucking score kicks in and I do, <laughs> Mortal Kombat, I'm like, this is the best movie ever made. Does so, that work uh, for uh,
0: Annihilation?
1: Uh, No, no. Annihilation (laughs) was one of those in theaters. I I was just going to go back to Super Mario for you guys real quick because uh, I have not seen it. And I was wondering why, because I was 11 at the time. But I think that's actually the issue. I think the movie came out a little too late. If you go back and you look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming in 1990 and kind of delivering pretty close to the version of what we all wanted to see. And then three years later, I remember even just like, Seeing the promotional materials and be like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was already into girls at that time, and I just, <laughs> you know, it was like I'm not going to go see this movie. And, and 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 the word of mouth apparently was so bad that it kept even a moron from renting it at Blockbuster. So I I, I really do think it, it, it one was bad timing. It, it took too long to come out, and then obviously it, it's a it's a it's a very ugly looking movie, Um like on the outside. I so I I'll still give it a chance and probably enjoy a hell of a lot of the practical effects and the old school, you know, craft that went into making like what looks to be something so crazy. But it is kind of curious to me that Super Mario Brothers was like my favorite game in 1988. And then five years later I didn't even bother renting it.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely a I I don't even want to say of its time it's, it's one of a kind, really, but like for the breast or for the better or worse. And for most people it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we, we mentioned um, you know, Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, you know, like that, that was part of that big era of that's you know just gets cash in on the IPs. And I think for the longest time, um, Mortal Kombat was kind of held up as like the best video game movie that at least or at least one yes. of the, the people again. would tolerate the most at the very least, you know. Because you know, as you said, it's, it's the dragon, but with like fucking four monster, whatever the hell. So and for the most part it, it one holds up and two, it works when it's own as a strange wavelength of the tournament fighting movie um but yeah and it, but yeah it, and ever since then i guess people have been uh chasing that dragon in no pun intended um to various results but uh and then they just kind of stopped for a while because i guess you know they they realized that now it's sitting working. um but yeah, it made
1: 20 20 million opening weekend i remember seeing in the newspaper the number one movie in america oh, yeah. and i was had and my arms raised mortal combat
0: <laughs> 23 million in august that was a record august opening it well it was just under the fugitive but still, yeah. it was a massive opening weekend for an untested title like that in August in nineteen ninety-five.
3: Yeah. Um I, I have a theory that part of the reason Street Fighter bombed so bad is because the Mortal Kombat trailer was attached to it. Cause I distinctly remember seeing Street Fighter opening night and uh right before the movie starts, the Mortal Kombat trailer hits. And holy shit, that is a great fucking trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Just the theme. I don't know if you guys remember the trailer at all, but it is just the theme song. And as they do the roll call, it's just clips of the actors, you know? So it's like Liu Kang, Kano, Sub-Zero, you know? And then you go into what, and and I admittedly love, I love Street Fighter now um, because I think much like what Vice was saying about Super Mario Brothers, it's one of a kind. It's just a bug nuts bananas fucking movie. And once I read that, I think it was Vice, the oral history of it, and the whole thing about, you know, they couldn't get Van Damme on set because he was railing so much coke and then railing Kylie Minogue. They could never, like, get him on set and stuff like that. But when I saw Street Fighter opening night, I was so disappointed after that Mortal Kombat trailer uh, that I, I, I like, hated... It was the first Van Damme movie that I, like, legit hated for a very long time until I started, like reassessing what the movie was trying
0: to be. Um, So yeah, there's a little way back machine memory for you guys. I always wonder if, if you know, that kind of hurt the Bourne legacy along with that movie having its own issues, because that the second trailer to Skyfall dropped was attached to the Bourne legacy. And that's one of the best James Bond trailers for any movie ever, regardless of what you think of the final product. But I mean obviously most people think it's awesome, but I digress. Uh I do too. But it's such a good fucking trailer that I used to joke that it should have been after the Born Legacy. It's like, you know, Sony basically saying, yeah, that fucking sucked. You want to see a real spy movie that doesn't suck? Boom.
3: <laughs> you remember the days sorry, I don't know why I just thought it was you remember the days I might be the only one that's like old enough to actually remember this. Um the trailers on VHS tapes actually used to be at the end of the movie rather than at the beginning. Like the earliest VHS tapes, they put the trailers at the end. You had to fast forward through the credits to get to the trailers.
0: That's why they used to be called trailers.
3: Yeah. And there was, there was like something kind of cool about that because yeah, you'd watch a shitty movie and then you'd get, you'd see this <laughs> sh- and like, Oh, that looks way better.
0: Mom, can we go to, the-? <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, if you saw Street Fighter, December 90... Yeah, they, they put... Yeah. <laughs> They're perfectly timed.
2: So yeah, I guess kind of going forward, you know, like, uh, like I mentioned before, that for a while they kind of just like dropped off because like, you know, she wasn't hitting. But I guess maybe I'm trying to remember... I was trying to remember like the... When the, when the resurgence, quote unquote, of the game or the attempts at least of the games movies would happen. And I, I guess the biggest... The next big one was uh, probably Resident Evil. The, you know, Paul... Yes. L- masterpieces of fucking Slack cinema. <laughs> Which, again, for
0: all the talk of, you know, for the fans, for the fans, those films stood on their own as their own thing with their own value, whether you gave a damn about the games or not. And uh, I didn't realize this until I did the research before the last one came out, but, you know, it basically revived the zom- Zombies franchise.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, those movies were dead, especially in North America, for like 10, 15 years before Resident Evil. Then you get Twenty-eight days later, and The Walking Dead, and Dawn of the Dead, and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, sorry, I I think,
2: you. no, well, you're right. Because something else I think point to remember that, um, well, it's obvious, but I think people is worth worth um, reiterating is that um, games take so much other language from movies in the first place. Um, you know, whereas Evil is famously like a kind of Romero rip- or, or not ripoff, but uh, oh yeah, I'm honest, ripoff of you know classic uh, Romero type zombie stuff, but in this new like. Context, you know, they have the haunted house, yes, and they have the zombies and slow walkers, but um, it's like an S action focused Well, action for its time because they move like tanks in the game. It's very, it's a very stilted game, but you know that's part that's part of the part of the fun of it too. Is like a uh, struggling against both the machine and the actual monsters. So then, like, so and so and I what I love was in Resident Evil the the Wes Anderson's movies that uh, as as opposed to trying to emulate that um, as opposed to, trying to emulate the get movie references it makes its own kind of stuff that loosely very loosely emits the games and becomes its own like crazy ass like you know uh pre-superhero kind of thing where she's jumping around and there's the laser traps and shit is like uh like it's like, a, like, it, it's like what, is, what is going on in this movie but it, 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 but it's like not nothing quite like you had ever seen to the, up to that point i talked about this in the blade episode where um a lot of the uh, aesthetics and style and emotion of blade was then transposed into these like uh, these white lady heroes, you know, underworld and and Resident Evil. But you know, I I don't get, I don't. It's not a fault to me. It's like okay, we have something we can see we can see how this stuff works. Let's try it in a different context, and that's where the Resident Evil comes in. It has this like this blade, black leather, uh, high tech gun aesthetic, but also this classic zombie stuff. And then you know, then of course you know, all the modern world, the modern context of evil corporations and uh, big big farmer. You know, is actually big farmer is literally the enemy of the other the Resident Evil you know series. Um. But yeah, it, it works. Like you it. it works on its own. It does its own thing. And it, and it, and to be fair, I don't, I don't know maybe you can remember, for, for memory. I don't know. I'm not sure of the um initial box office hit or status of it all. But um, it did get a pretty divisive. I think cultural reaction. Like people were like again, this is, this isn't the fucking game. What is this bullshit? But other people were like you know like oh this is fucking this is wild I can't
0: well, it. You know? I'm weird and then I don't like the first one I like some of the sequels but I never yeah. thought the first one was particularly good. That being said, again, this was 2002. People weren't expecting a movie called Resident Evil to get great reviews. Yeah. Uh, financially, it was fine. It was a solid hit. Yeah. Um, it went like a lot of franchises, including John Wick, it went supernova overseas on the fourth go around.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But yeah, and six films have made $1.2 billion worldwide. And yeah. it's funny because as much as there was, oh, you know, it's not like the games. We need something that's closer to the fa- what the fans want. Nobody showed up to Welcome to Raccoon City, and apparently nobody watched the Netflix show. <laughs> so people weren't interested in Resident Evil in the abstract, the IP. They liked the movies. They liked uh, 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 I'm having a brain fart save me what's her name they liked Mila Jovovich yeah Mila Jovovich kicking ass and looking good along with a whole host of other interesting actors and
1: actresses um but maybe maybe you also only have one chance to do it you know what I mean like maybe maybe that be wonderful I think (laughs) I think you kind of like you only have one chance to do that first one in the house and 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 yeah so the Raccoon City looked too similar to the first Resident Evil for me, someone who doesn't play the games, like besides the first one with my friends back in 30 fucking years ago, um, it, it it looked too similar just on a on a kind of, um, you know, superficial level. So you kind of have that one chance up front to do it the way that is the the direct adaptation. And then once this other thing comes now, I associate Mila Jovovich with it because yeah. I'm not a gamer. So. You know, that's just an argument to be made. It is kind of interesting just thinking that, like, uh, I, I just had to look up some stuff on the first one and, like, fucking Michelle Rodriguez. Like, just, you know, in the first Resident Evil and then she's in, you know, Dungeons and Dragons a week ago, just... I don't know. I never would have guessed that her career would be, you know, this good for this long and in so many things. It's it's kind of crazy. Or, she's yeah, actually one of my favorite mystic, parts of the first she's one. Still playing the feisty
0: badass fighting lady.
1: Thing. I know, but she has a great scene in the first <laughs> yeah. one. Like they got the new metal kicking in. Like uh, you know, I I'm okay with that. There was yeah, Paul well, Anderson's and, yeah. Paul Anderson's moving environment stage, where every single one of his movies and a couple scripts he wrote that I read his Castlevania script, every single movie was about entering a labyrinth that moved around you. And that was (laughs) resident evil and AVP have like the exact same structure. And so did the Castlevania script. He was, he was obsessed with this and and it works. It kind of works as a video game to make your, your, your set a maze. Uh, And, and you can, if you will look at the first AVP, which I, you know, I I had to break down a lot of that when I was studying those is that it's very simple set reuse um, and they just keep moving it around and then you just keep reassembling the pieces that you've built. Uh it, it's a very smart way to make a, a bigger feeling sort of uh cube inspired genre movies.
0: Yeah.
3: No, that, um, that's
1: I'm not going
0: to say it's great, but I think AVP is better than it should have been.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um Wait, well, yeah, before we continue, um, I want to just stop here. Oh, I kind of tra- um tangent here because we have some feedback from some of the listeners out when I put out I put out like a not a poll, but a, th- a thread about um game yeah, not- movies. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, yes.
3: Oh, you're good. I just, I think this is a good time to start wrapping it up because we're, we're, this is the perfect thing to wrap us up with. Oh,
0: yeah. oh I'm fine. I got 20, 30 minutes. Yeah.
3: Well, but this will, this will take about 20, 30 minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, Vice.
2: Oh, yeah. So I just put out the thread about, you know, I want people to know to the list, you know, some of the favorite uh, video game movies and uh, video game or video game language based kind of movies. But one thing that came up constantly was um, the, um, the anime versions of them all. Like we, we spoke about Street Fighter before and you know i think for most people like the actual good Street Fighter movie was the animated film i think i can 98, i believe and, and just kind of important thing to kind of remember or i guess a lot of our gaming base is japanese or from japan like a uh, mario you know me mamos like the these are japanese based games and then now of course we have the xbox microsoft on, force dominance or whatever whatever you want to call it but like that that's part of this kind of cultural uh transmission if you want to call it that of um, the, the Japanese culture, um, their game style, their story style, and how it kind of broke through into America and all around the world um, in ways that a lot of other things couldn't. You know, people weren't really going crazy for Kashi Miki or whatever, but you know, they were fucking Mario. I um, mean, you know, so it's always been that interesting thing about um, how those these two distinct cultures kind of find this common ground in games. Um, and and we won't talk about anime because, you know, y'll y- 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 hate that shit, but, like, you know, anime was one of those, like, keystone things were of bridging the cultural gap of America and Japan. So people saw they they, they would they even released the animated movie Street Fighter animated movie in America with English cast. Uh, they had a, like a a grunge soundtrack. They had like a, uh, <laughs> well, alpha Change on the soundtrack.
3: Yeah, uh, mess. The KMFDMs. So I can't watch the original Japanese one because the the fight between Chun Li and Vega uh, is so much better backed by the KMFDM song. Uh, <laughs> conversion yeah
2: so yeah I know, I know people want to um talk about that because like that like I think for them uh, not uh, gaming and so wasn't just like this um culture trust but the anime you know and you know over there they the the multi-platform nature of gaming is much more uh established they, they have all kinds of spin-offs about cartoons and comic manga over there like that directly tied to the games there whereas for us here it's not really, not really a thing so a lot of that of course is over here in America you know, the Street Fighter movie. Um, and then, you know, when we talk about Resident Evil, like Resident Evil has these main Paul W S. Anderson movies. Those have a, a whole separate franchise slew of these TGI-based um, um, movies um, made, I think, by Sony, I believe. And they they have their own fucking mythology, lore, whatever you want to call it. Like, there's like five of them now. And, like, they make fucking money, you know? But And again, they even kind of, course, over here. Uh, and th- those are, it's too, because, like, when we talk about the uh, the movie-influencing games, those movies kind of really touch on the uh, the John Wick slash E Seven Eleven slash Jason Bourne. Our our modern action movie stuff is so much in those CGI Resident Evil um, movies. And again, but th- th- that that all said, people are like you know most the uh, general audience in America have no has no idea they exist. But you know for the for the um, game fans, they I think they're more um, uh, appreciated than the Paul and Bill Sanson movies. And you know, that's just a so all kind of showcases this weird um, these subdivisions of the fandom, as it were. Like who are you trying to please? But then you realize you don't have to please anybody. But you, you also have there's so many ways to approach the fandom. You can do these silly ass CGI movies. You can do these like silly ass live action movies with white people. Or you can you know, do like remix of the games. There's all these ways to do this stuff. That's not just uh, you have to stay in this one box. So at least as far as Resident Evil goes, that's like a really interesting thing that you see there. And again, along with the uh, cultural stuff.
3: Yeah, the Resident Evil CGI ones are really fascinating because, first of all, the action design is by Hydra's Kensuke Sonomor. So the action design is is unreal. But they're actually canonical to the games. They are side stories that take place between the games, and they are canon for the games. So it is kind of a an interesting thing where, like, there, there are these legit parts of resident evil whereas the the paul ws anderson movies are a completely separate thing uh and, and so but i know plenty of fans of the games who don't like the cgi movies because the cgi movies are really in that resident evil four five and six full-blown hardcore action vein not the resident evil one two three seven you know survival horror vein so depending on what you want, I know people, but yeah, I, I the CGI Resident Evil movies are fucking terrific. If people haven't seen them, they're, they're absolutely worth checking out.
2: Yeah, and and also I mentioned you know this cultural stuff. You know, I mean, um, when I when I mentioned the the rise of the American game is Microsoft Xbox all that stuff. You know, they too kind of I think they touched. The, well, they wanted to get the market of Japan and Asia, of course, but you know they went about it, that in different ways. Aside from the games themselves, they uh, okay. around the same time when the Matrix is doing its um animated side story thing like the into the matrix uh or whatever I forget what it's called the um animated uh, uh vignette series on the kingdom on dvd uh the halo games of all things did the same thing the halo uh they had these anime japanese well mixture of japanese and western animated vignettes um that, well, the story of the halo universe we want to call it um and yeah they, it's, it's a full-blown like you know epic kind of thing and it's like again this is because like you know how, how do we reach out to the fans beyond the gaming beyond the actual gaming world itself and that was a really interesting time you know in that that kind of early 2000s well mid2000s era of how do we reach out expand this stuff um to, tr- to get other fans but also oh well, yeah try to target the fans of the games but also expand on what the fandom could even be because you know some of the people may they might not have even heard of the game but they watching this shit on like oh this is a weird movie so yeah just like seems to see like you know from from these 2000 era, onwards where this um multi-platform cross-platform thing when we call it is getting larger and affecting the, the, the game and the movie world is hand-to-hand that was what you just to see
1: i used to sit in endless meetings in like the 2010 to 2012 range where these like different guys would come over to the hydraulics office and they would talk about the future is trans media and trans media <laughs> is telling stories through multiple platforms and i just kept being like well. I mean, Star Wars can't really do this. The Matrix didn't really do it. Like, why? Why do you you think an original concept is going to be able to do this? I it never, I never really bought it. Just because, and and even even Marvel, which I guess in some ways is the most successful transmedia story, uh, you know, box office numbers wise. Um, but I still just feel like it, everyone reaches their saturation point with one thing, and it starts to feel like homework. Um and, and and it starts to become, you know, less special. Um, you know, we don't just because we all love cheeseburgers, we don't want cheeseburgers, you know, three meals a day. Uh and so yeah. it, that that's kind of the 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 inherent flaw in the capitalistic system of entertainment where everyone's <laughs> like, I'm gonna shove this fucking cheeseburger down your throat whether you like it or just, not.
0: Just you know, just because we like the Watcher the Witcher doesn't mean we want six spinoffs of The Witcher, especially <laughs> when they aren't as enjoyable as The Witcher. One reason <laughs> the Taylor Sheridan universe, or whatever the hell you want to call that, is successful is that those shows are wildly different from each other. And not only do you not have to watch all of them to understand one of them, you know, mayor of Kingstown is very different from 1923 which is very different than tulsa king and so forth and so forth if you you know if you choose to watch all of them on a weekly basis then you will feel like you watched multiple episodes of five different very different shows it won't be just like oh this is a star wars this is also a star wars (laughs) or conversely this is a marvel this is also a marvel it's a little different but it's still a marvel And you'll feel like, oh, God, part of the issue, I think that some of the discourse in terms of comic book superhero media is dominated by people that are such fans that they don't want to watch anything else. So the idea of, you know, what do I want? Well, I want an adaptation of this and I want this arc and I want this spinoff. You want 24 hours a day, seven days a week of nothing but Marvel stuff to watch and that's not you know for a hundred reasons that's bad <laughs> <laughs> um
3: anyway uh, well so here's here's kind of vice did you have anything else about your thread cuz what what are the things that ties into your thread that i was going to say that we can kind of use to to wrap up is um highlight some of the video game movies that we think do or don't work for a variety of reasons based on both the feedback and, and our personal, you know, our sort of personal experience and, and the ones we like so that people can kind of see that there are ones out there that are good and worth watching. And and even the ones that are bad aren't, you know, really. I mean, even one of the ones that I consider to be kind of one of the worst Double Dragon Still has Mark fucking DeCoscos in it, right? <laughs> so there's still some good stuff in, in some of these. So,
1: um, yeah, vice uh, Also, Alyssa Milano. Let, let's not bury the lead there. That's that's why you watch Double Dragon.
3: I really can't do her haircut in that movie.
1: I really agreed. Can't. I'll, I'll take unless it.
0: you're Lori Petty, you can't do that. <laughs>
3: you can
1: shave <laughs> her head. You can shave her head. It's still Winona Ryder,
0: obviously, but Winona Ryder can do anything. Yeah, I
3: can Milano, oh. well, I don't think, pulls off the haircut in that. Well, Robert Patrick pulls off that the, the blonde in
0: that. But uh, sorry, now I'm thinking yeah. of the ones that Jada pickett Smith could pull that off. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> never felt more alone in my life.
0: <laughs> but that's an exception to the rule.
2: But well, yeah, uh, I'll just say, um, for one, that um, one of the more recent ones that um, I think I see work well is um, we mentioned Rampage before, you know, The Rock and, and the Giant Monkey, and I guess um, I uh, love
0: that one. That's my favorite video game movie. Period.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. what is I, yeah, it, what, um,
0: the,
1: the bad? The villain plot in that is one of the worst villain plots that's ever been on the big screen. Am I am I crazy? am i taking great. crazy films? They they go. It's Let's ridiculous. bring the, the big creatures to this building, and then when it gets there, they go, "Oh my god, the big
2: creatures are coming to this building." Did I did I hallucinate that part? No, you didn't. You are absolutely correct. Well, it, I made a really well. Shout out to our friend of the show, John Hansen. Um One of the, one of his uh, edicts. He's he's a fellow uh, deacon in the Church of Predator, and one of his oh. his edicts for Viking movies is that um the the less of a story is is in a game inherently. The better you have a chance of making better, making a good movie, because you can do whatever, whatever fuck you want. Like uh, there's no story in Rampage; the a game and just monsters blowing shit up. So they, they 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 kind of give them the freedom to do it, whatever. So you know, to your point about you know the villains, yes, it's still like kind of a mess. I, and I wrote a whole article about this about um how there's so much like um very strange subtextual metaphorical stuff in that movie. That you, I mean, for me, you know, the whole the gist of it is like it's a it's a really strange metaphor for like um. Police brutality on black people. It's very, which it sounds insane to fucking say about rampage with the Rock, but you know, like a uh, I, 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 we can link the article later on. But you know, this is very like a uh, the monkey's called George. George was uh, back in the back in the day, like uh, um, this kind of a slur surname for black people because they didn't they didn't learn their real names. So all the servants on the train or whatever they would call him George. Hey George, come in. You know, like like this all these weird little like even in the beginning, like uh, they talk about the white guy going to Africa. The fact that uh, the main character uh, Davis Okoye, is his name, he's a He's African, he's a son of Africa. Like all these really weird little details that don't mean anything at, at first, but then it's like, oh, wait, this is kind of like, uh, they said in Chicago, you know, the big one of the big, uh, whenever right when, when people talk about gun violence, you know, oh, what about Chicago? Nobody talks about the uh, black people killing themselves in Chicago. But then, of course, you gotta look into it, you see the the porous nature of the gun control there and what that how that contributes to the violence there. And so it's like all this really weird, seemingly disconnected um, th- details. And then you have the villains, the fucking that. That's fucking the Trump kids, you know. It's like, the, the, those are the, the failed sons and daughters of this fucking modern, uh, modern pres- presidency or whatever. And it's like, but no, the movie is never like overt about. It's like it's not making a fucking moral stance. It's using this these familiar elements of our real world like make this crazy ass movie. Um, with with, with flying wolves with have spikes in the backs. You know, it's just, it's just, it goes insane because it, it, it it's it's easy to do that because again. The main game rampage is there's no storyteller the game, it just blow shit up. So they kind of just went wild with it, and that's that's why I always appreciate it. similar to way back you know with Mario. Like I appreciated that they just kind of went wild and like did whatever they wanted and had these elements of um subtext if you want to find it, but if not, it's just here. It's a fucking giant giant crocodile fighting a fucking monkey. You just go have have at it. You know, so you you can have whatever you want in that in that, in that instance.
1: Um, I didn't have what I wanted, which was the rock (laughs) turning into a giant fucking creature and and saving his friend. So I did it. That's that's fair. Not liking the villain's plot. That sounds a little bit like
3: your, uh, your, uh, what do you call it? Script watching. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. The rest I of the movies, Rampage. the rest of the movie is not made well enough for me to get beyond certain things. One uh, reason I really is, like Rampage is that the human characters are quirky and goofy and very
0: entertaining under their own. So I'm not just sitting there waiting for the the animal mayhem.
1: I popped for one moment. That's when The Rock choked a guy and said, "Like just give in to the big arms." There, there you go. <laughs> that, that's what I wanted. Uh, like I get the the reason why I don't love the San Andreas and the Rampage movies with the rock is because anyone could be in that part. Like you could totally throw Carl urban or any other actor into that role. And those movies all work. I just don't know why the rock is necessarily in them. Apparently he loves working with the guy. So I get that, but I just doesn't, it doesn't make enough special use of him. And especially in the case of rampage where it's like the, you know, the original game is the, you know, the, the the werewolf guy shrinking down at the end after he gets uh you know, a, minimized so it's like oh it, it's so set up for him to to have and, and go full gonzo crazy yeah the rock's like george all
2: right fuck it i gotta save my friend
1: and he gets huge <laughs> so that that's what you know no, no uh, i understand
2: just my my galaxy brain take is that um because the rock is racially ambiguous for most of his career that's part of why that other substitution stuff works because his name is he has an african name but he looks like the rock like you don't know what it, like even before like we, before he started doing the, the haka dances, people didn't know where the fuck he was from or who he was because he is in fact part black, part Samoan. So it's like he has that kind of I don't know weird way like count thing going for him. Um, not anymore, but like so like that that again the, the galaxy brain thing is that um that's what makes it work here. Like he's like that. You give you any any really of any black dude or any of us. you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, you no, know, you're right. You should turn to Will. That, that would have been cool. You're right. That's all.
1: That's <laughs> all. That's all I want. It's just, it just it, it needed to fully embrace its insanity. That's all. And then, what? then the then the villain plot. You're never going to hear me talk about it. But also the two actors playing the villains. Uh, Mal and Ackerman, oh. she's not historically been my favorite, and they they seem like they're in a completely different movie than everything else that's happening. Movie. it's a the, great movie. Their movie is in. is a video game. It's a game. movie
0: called Rampage, based on a video game, <laughs> where they have the fucking arcade cabinets in their office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway
3: uh, um, we have now talked about rampage more than uh the people who made rampage talked about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well it needs a commentary track so uh,
3: what are what are some other video game movies that, that you've kind of liked are you
0: raider liked? the cradle of life
3: thank you that was going to be my suggestion as well yes
0: that- it is a kick-ass rock solid fundamentals action adventure movie it's- after the first tomb raider which is basically All due respect, Angelina Jolie standing and shooting at random CGI things of no consequence. This one has fisticuffs and cliff dives and beat-em-ups and wacky stunts and Gerard Butler basically blowing what's-his-Daniel Craig out of the water in terms of raw sexual chemistry. Um. <laughs> yeah, this
3: is this is butler in my opinion this is butler's star making turn this, yes this is this is where he becomes just even his introduction where he's doing the the polar page <sighs> and he's like, <sighs> like, he, like like he just radiates it in that movie so yeah that was definitely and, and that was going to be my recommendation i don't love the ending of the movie but uh, but other than that i think everything else about it is so much better than the first one, and uh, and it works so much better. It's It's got everything you could kind of want out of a Tomb Raider movie. Um, I, I think it actually even works better. I, I liked the new one with Alicia Vikander, but I still think Cradle Old Life actually works. Oh, better. yeah.
0: She's an A-level Laura Croft in a B-minus origin story. That is
1: actually a perfect way to describe it. Liam, how about you? Uh, pass. Go to go to vice. Let me let me think for a second.
2: Well, yeah. So I mean, I, was gonna, I don't have any more more than that. But I was I was going to mention you know um the other part of this is um the other movies of uh the use language that more currently things like you know well one example that's kind of unique is um without remorse the Tom Fancy joints you know Michael B. Jordan again um as a star and the, the I mentioned this before in an article as um the Tom Fancy universe quote unquote. Is very unique in this regard to video game movies because um they're one of the first modern kind of cross-media things. Well, no, how
3: do you want to talk about successful trans media? I think you'd almost have to say the Tom Clancy universe might be the most successful yeah. trans media in, in terms of each aspect of it being major, major hits. I mean, certainly it doesn't do the numbers that Marvel or Star Wars do, but each aspect of it has massive hits. Yeah.
2: And I think, well, again, one of my other, one of my other research um, papers is about uh, specifically the book and game Rainbow Six. Like those are made concurrently. Like it was it was intended for the book to release in the same timeframe as the game. Um, and that was one of like the first, like, and that both um, helped bolster Tom Clancy's profile you know, as as a, as a uh, novelist, but also kind of basically invented the tactical shooter genre that dominates now Call of Duty and stuff like that. Like it made that genre, which is now one of the biggest. And into now, now to that end. Well, this is part of the long story short. Is that the ghost, the Ghost Recon games, the Demon's the games, they kind of established this. Oh, we can do like actual modern tactical stuff in game format and do it well and have people be um, engaged by it. And then you get to the stuff they don't like. Call of Duty tries the best it, you know now now. Call is one of one of the um, highest scoring franchises ever in history, in human history. Like you know, it all builds off of Tom Fancy stuff, from his, from doing that concurrent book, um, book, movie, and game stuff. You know, like you can actually, you know, like you're in the game now. You're in, you're in the movie. You're in the book. Like you're actually doing the stuff. You're doing these, uh, and, and moreover, the uh, the game themselves are very like different mechanically, slower paced. Uh, actually, to, like you have to plot and plan where movie people. It's it's own distinct thing. Um, a, a, a married with Tom Clancy's very distinct style of high, high fiction, but realistic, uh, tangible details, of real world military hardware, but also also politics and stuff too, as well. You know, infamously, or if you want to, you want to say that his his uh political leanings, but uh, but you know that that, that all, that's, that's all part of it. So yeah, like uh, so things like that, and into now we have the uh, Without Remorse that came out on Amazon, and apparently might be uh, well, so they say. Starting the new, new franchise, but I just I thought that was really interesting because that's a very distinct and unique, and as you mentioned before, criti- critical critical um, component of the history of where games and and cinema collide, because that was like kind of in, inborn with it or ingrained with it from the very beginning. So yeah, that definitely. Um, you know, when uh, they have like a bunch of fan stuff too, like you know, or well not fan stuff, but uh, officially like a side Ghost Recon side YouTube movies and stuff. Like that, but that's not really important. The important the important part is that language, that that tactical language, that actual. The visuals of those technical games has become part of a lot of the technical tactical cinema stuff that we see. You know, Jason Bourne's and the John Wick's. So all the, all that is, is part of inherently to, to the competency game multimedia universe and all that stuff.
0: Scott, any other one that you would recommend? Um, I mean, obviously, Detective Pikachu is a very good movie. Uh, <laughs> Justice Smith is spectacular in it. It's one of those great, you know, he he grounds the fantastical in a plausible and relatable drama, as silly as that sounds, talking about a Pokemon movie, but humor <laughs> me. Um, and I'm not big on Silent Hill, but the imagery is very good, and I know the film has its defenders. Um, let's see, obviously, Rampage, I think both Sonic the Hedgehog movies are very good. In a way, the Mario movie is not, frankly, in that it gives you a very authentic, fan-friendly portrayal of Sonic, but then lets everybody else do their own thing and make an interesting movie that stands on its own. Um, And let's see. I mean, I enjoy Street Fighter for nostalgia value. It's very bright and it's very colorful. Uh, Legend of Chun-Li is terrible. I just think it's funny that it's basically the exact same movie as Rogue One. It's a (laughs) shot-for-shot fucking remake.
1: Um... (laughs) And- oh, well, the best part of that is that uh, the bad guy is it? Is it Neil McDonough? Yes. Uh, he they he's depicted. He has an Irish accent, but it's set in Thailand, and he's shown as an orphan being raised like as a as an infant almost, being picked up and raised in Thailand. But he has an Irish accent, so apparently Irish <laughs> accents are genetic. That was my, that was a great little bit of. Little course, bit of Chris
0: Klein was sort of a trendsetter
1: in terms of is this guy trying to win an Oscar a Razzie both? I'm not sure. That was a uh strike movie so they didn't work on the script and it went right to it. It was in one of those that I read uh around the time uh working with the the brothers and and uh it was like uh, who's this for? And uh he it was but, obviously doing a Batman Begins Mm -hmm. style of um that that was definitely i felt like for at least on the script that i read was it was a very obvious uh kind of beat for beat inspiration i'll say uh to do a batman you
0: know hannibal rising which was basically what if batman but hannibal
1: yeah the (laughs) irony
0: of course is everyone's been saying for years they want an x-men magneto prequel story well that's hannibal rising to a (laughs) t
1: Anyway, and and also know. around that time of, of things and, and scripts I read earlier and, and and the guys I was working with met on is Warcraft, which I, I get it's actually still the number one grossing video game movie. But a lot of people mentioned it in Vice's thread. So I thought I'd bring that one up. Um, the script I read was very different from what the movie got made. Um, I think the script I read was before Sam Raimi came on to be attached. And that was a little bit more of a traditional I mean, let's face it, it was very much Lord of the Rings. It was a Lord of the Rings kind of ripoff. Um, and and so I think it it went to an interesting place. Not all of it works for me, but uh I think it's it's more interesting than maybe its reputation is. Uh and so um, yeah. I was not a
0: fan mostly because I felt it was one of those films that's entirely prologue for the sequel that we're never gonna get, which is a pet peeve of mine in franchise filmmaking. Um, but it looks nice. <laughs>
2: Well, um, here, Mike. the Last thing I want to bring up uh, before we, before we start wrapping up is um, also in in this thread. I had like, a, or over over the past few years, I kind of realized it was kind of a almost a subgenre of specifically video game movies. Um, I have a whole thread in my letterbox. I call them um, Metal Gear Solid movies, in all but name. Now, for people who don't know, uh, Metal Gear Solid is a famous, uh, long, ongoing tactical military stealth franchise um, that 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 again has very heavily obvious influences from from cinema, um, but. And doing it, its own it's become its own thing it's very it's a very strange mix of like this kind of obscure philosophy and hardcore technical shooting and and and, and neck tapping and stuff like that but the games overall are very uh as you might say anti-war or at least in the text of it all but you're still one of those weird um what do they used to call it little narrative dissonance where like the game is about how war is bad but you snap next you step next little place um but that I said you know it's a very um it's kind of opaque uh mystical almost approach to war So that I just have like a this a various even things that we so for in our realm of action film, stuff like uh Universal Soldier, both the original and you know the regeneration um day of reckoning, um we were very much about warfare and the effects of war and the trauma of it all, but through this kind of very obscure lens but that's also heavily action focused, um, things like that. Um even even some big buffers stuff like uh Oh, also Reborn, the Japanese uh, action movie with uh, Takaguchi. Again, a very kind of cryptic uh, uh, super soldier kind of thing going on. And in in that case, even the voice actor of the Japanese Metal uh, Solid Snake, the main character of that game, is actually the the villain in this movie. So that kind of, that almost direct link there is very interesting going on. And then, you know, uh, things like even like, uh, people have mentioned, you know, Black Hat and Michael Manstein, the tech era, plus the covert espionage stuff going on. That's also very like, Seems pulled into this new era of this uh, hardcore technical stuff with this philosophical bent. Um, one of my favorites recently, uh, Ang Lee's *Gemini Man*. People hate that movie, but you know the the high frame rate stuff. Uh, well, long, I, I won't get into it now, but um, it does a very interesting experiment of trying to replicate for me. Not just it's a very kind of video game again, high tech soldiers, um, cryptic, esoteric stuff about warfare, but also just the actual sensation of. What it feels like when people seem fake to you after you've seen what the insides literally of people look like, and then to see them like in 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 and see somebody's face in HFR kind of feels like that. Again, it's just, I'll, I'll say for another time, but it's a very interesting experiment on uh, visuals and emotions kind of coinciding. So yeah, I just want to mention that you know this is uh, this um the fact that we even have a subgenre of video game movies in this that that not just about the that are not just adaptations, but um. Of direct and overt expressions of that game language in film that's kind of undeniable things you know that this is a very interesting um touch point of where we are now in movies
3: scott you gotta go so uh tell people where they can
0: find you uh, first of all thank you for having me it's a pleasure as always uh, i'm at the rap.com and i'm on twitter at, at scott mendelson
3: Thank you for coming on. We love you. We love having you on. Uh, we will get you back on again soon, as always. Uh,
1: Thank you very much. Take care. One of our favorite people to have mm-hmm. on. So we'll one of <laughs> yeah yeah three time three time co host I love part. it. Yeah. I believe you are the
3: first three time guest co host. So no,
1: I'm Brandon. Brandon's probably been on more, but you know, but Scott, Scott and Brandon like each other, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, He's um, the. Uh, I am what he is what I, what, wait, I am what he grows beyond. That's the quote. <laughs> yes. Thank you
3: very much. Right. See you, buddy. Um, all right. And this is a good time for us to wrap up as well. So, uh, Vice, where can people find you?
2: Oh, my God. I, I, I'm on Instagram as always, looking hot. I have my on on Letterboxd. I guess, like I mentioned before, I have my review, oh, that list of the little gear movies on my Letterboxd I at I my And also, I'll put my my review up there. Um, today, later on to do, Um, you know, two stars, it's whack, whatever. Who, who cares? Kids, kids, it doesn't matter. And as always, I am on Twitter until it blows up. Because it's Twitter files or whatever the fuck they call it. At Vice Fictus, talking shit. And again, people keep trying to talk to me. But y'all can't, y'all. See, y'all, y'all, I, I, I am the game. You can't play me.
3: <laughs> How do you play it? Um Liam, where can people find you?
1: Uh, Twitter, which I, I was telling you guys, I felt like this week was more broken than it's ever been before. I I find it hard to find any of my friends' tweets anymore. I'm just seeing like Fight Haven clips and I don't even follow Fight Haven, but it, it's it's become TikTok. Uh, so I, I it's a mess. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm not engaging with people as much anymore. I'm questioning how much I want to do of it anymore, yeah. but uh you know at least we have this show and and all the fans that uh directly you know relate to us from this show is is that's what i actually care about now and it's actually it sucks whenever a tweet escapes our little you know uh enclave and people start talking to me about stuff they will be like like uh you know I, I i was saying yesterday i got my parents a samsung tv and i discovered samsung tv plus which has the most amazing free streaming channel called Film Rise Action that was just like playing Wesley Snipes movies all week and Scott Atkins. And it, I got to show my dad Ninja 2. And he's like, oh, this is a guy you've been talking about. And uh and and then someone's like, this reads like an ad from Samsung TV. Like, you just, you don't have any context of who I am. Why are you even talking to me? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, like, why do people talk to people that they don't have context of? I'm not, I don't know. It's like, uh, one, I would, Absolutely, take Samsung TVs money. Uh, it's a great product, and I'd like to have more of them in my house. But two, I don't know. It's just this. I, I I feel like a lot more of my tweets going forward are just going to be, uh, you know, restricted to the people that I follow. I'd love to have it to be restricted to my followers. So at least like, hey, at least like buy a ticket if I got to hear your voice. Uh, but you know, like I don't know. It, it's just become less and less enjoyable. Um, maybe that's just, uh, the, the end of spring break exhaustion hitting me, but, uh, I don't know. This has been my thoughts as of late and, um, yeah, otherwise, um, I'm glad that we got to, uh, have Scott on and, and talk, uh, video games and, and, uh, you know, ha- have a nice Easter with you guys.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, same for me. I mean, I've had some people reach out to me and they're like, I feel like the algorithm is not letting me see your tweets. And I'm like, no, I'm just not fucking tweeting. Um, like, I- <laughs> Even on, I check, I check Twitter like once a day in the morning now, and that's it. I, uh, I, I basically, because it's broken, it's awful. You know, I just, our good friend of the show, Rob Antiquara, had that tweet about, um, you know, Statham and Jerry Butts kind of holding down the action thing. And he had somebody in his mentions telling him, clearly you've never heard of Scott Adkins. But, <laughs> like. Like oh I don't know, not just all of Rob's writing, but the fact that like he was the initial guest on Adkins Undisputed. Yeah, I just I just you know it's it's what you say, Liam. It's that you don't have fuck, you don't know who you're talking to. Would you walk up to a complete stranger and just say shit without knowing who the fuck you're talking to, like without having some context? So anyway, I'm not even gonna give my personal Twitter, but you can follow the (laughs) ship. podcast on Twitter uh, you can you know where to find me if you want to find me and if you don't know where to find me then I don't fucking want you following me in the first place so uh, <laughs> I, like, I am I am over I am over strangers on Twitter I am you are not a friend if, if I don't know your real name
1: I am over it so we've become a silo we are we are yeah we are, we're we are getting into a, a our, our siloed it's time for the patreon so we don't have to deal with anyone outside that that doesn't like us but it is serious I every time I see something that I want to engage on I click on that person's name and I judge from their other tweets whether I want to have a conversation with them absolutely so other people don't do that. I
3: do it I do it when I get a new follow too. If I get a new follow, I click on their tweets, I look at who they are before I decide whether I'm going to follow them back or not. And uh it's just not yeah, it's, it's almost unusable. Yeah, we definitely need the Patreon with the Patreon-exclusive Discord so that uh, even if even that way, if we have some assholes, hey, at least, like you said, Liam, at least you're buying a ticket, right? You can <laughs> come to the Patreon-exclusive Discord and be an asshole, but you're paying me five bucks a month to do it. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. I need a
3: little
2: compensation
3: for my time. <clears throat> exactly, so...
2: I, I have terminal brain, brain rot from Twitter, so I'm on there all the time. So, you know, hey, man... It's, It is what it is, man. You want some, you can get some. But don't be mad when you got some, right?
3: This is is what I do now. Literally, when I get on in the morning, I I check my notifications, but then I go, Vice, I go to your feed, and I go to Brandon's feed. And I scroll through them, and I scroll through your tweets and replies, and I'm like, well, that's all the bullshit I need to know about. (laughs) I'm good. I go fucking... Make Olga Kurilenko custom Blu-rays and shit. So, <laughs> way more fun and way more fulfilling. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's, uh, neither here nor there. But uh, the the Kurolenko, or as as our friend our, our good friend uh, Spencer Schwendeman helped me workshop, it is going to be called the Criteria Lanco Collection. Um, it is it is it is getting that I, I need fifteen more things uh and i will have i will have the complete olga collection to match my complete adkins collection
1: anyway i've seen i've seen an olga kurlenko movie that mike hasn't and i feel very lucky that is true that is very true but uh i will own it as soon as it comes out
3: (laughs) Uh, all right boys love you both let's do this again next week
2: all right guys peace thanks see ya (laughs)